Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being present in this day. We thank you, God, for all of your blessings upon your people. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your deliverance. God, we thank you for your love for us. And God, we thank you for our love for one another. We thank you for your kingdom come. We thank you for instilling your will in your people so that what you have accomplished in heaven will be manifested here on earth in the midst of your people. So God, I thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who has seen our needs and made appropriate provisions. Give us, God, the foresight to see what you've already done in our lives so that we can give you thanks for it. God, we ask that you would make us vessels of honor so that your anointing can flow through us so that we can reach your people for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What a mighty God and we serve. Hallelujah. This morning, if you have your Bibles, you would go with me to the book of Luke. When we began to think about discipleship and kingdom privileges and growing in the kingdom and recognizing who God is and how he works in the midst of his people, Luke chapter 10 is the sort of jumping off point. But I want to take you to the end of that chapter 10 where we see a, a story that's immediately following the story of what we normally call the, the Good Samaritan. Y'all know that story? Following that is another story that asks a simple question, I guess. It was not simple because if it was simple, we wouldn't have to teach it. But it says in verse 38, now it happened... As they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted, King James says, cumbered, with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But the one thing is needed. 
Now notice he didn't say the one thing you need. He said the one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I want to talk to you on this thought this morning. Kingdom priorities. Kingdom priorities. Amen. You can be seated. The one thing about kingdom living is that from the day you enter until the day that you depart, it's a series of choices that everybody has to make. Amen. See, we would think of it as a choice. I got saved. Well, Mary and Martha had a unique situation in that they had to make the best of two good choices. What? Yes. It's not often that you have a choice between best and better. Or as we like to say, good and gooder. Now, in the Samaritan story, which is just preceding that, we see that the choice was simple. And the choice was simple because all you have to do in that story is have compassion. If you have compassion for your neighbor, then the Bible says that you have fulfilled the commandment and you learn how to love your neighbor. Amen? But in the story of Mary and Martha, the choice is between the worshiper and the worker. Hmm? And the, the choice between the worshiper and the worshiper has to do with the choice between love and service. And what God is saying in this parable is that you can do both. You can love and serve at the same time. I realize that most of us can't do two things at the same time, but it's, it's, it's humanly possible. Amen? So the main characters of this parable of Jesus, Mary, and Martha. Amen? Mary's posture is evident from the very beginning. The Bible says that she had a desire to learn. So what was she doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the place of learning. It's called the place of discipleship. Uh, you know, the problem with most saints in terms of their growth is that they won't stay seated at the feet of the teacher. But that's another lesson for another time. So the Bible says that Mary was listening intently to the word of God from the lips of Jesus. In other words, she was hearing it directly from the master himself. Amen? So she was an intense learner. Sometimes, some of us, when we're trying to, to, to learn some things, we had to have our undivided attention focused on what we're trying to learn. Amen? But remember I said you can work and worship at the same time. So uh, just, you know, spoiler alert, she wasn't just being lazy. She had already done her part. I'll get to that in a moment. 
Amen. So the Bible says that uh, she was passionate about her worship. So uh, she was sitting there doing her thing while her sister, Martha, a big sister, older sister, can't call people big today. Uh, her older sister <laughs> was getting frustrated. The longer Mary, uh, Mary sat, the more frustrated Martha became. The Bible says that Martha then was distracted. She was distracted by all of her preparation. Now, this is a problem for most of us. When we're doing something for the Lord, that is our paramount objective. But we forget that serving people is serving the Lord. <laughs> now, I got to tell you something. I take a little pause for the cause. Uh, folks who work with me in hospitality will tell you that that is the number one thing for me. I believe that hospitality is how we express the love of Jesus. If we're not willing to serve in the kitchen or wherever else, then we'll never learn how to serve in the street or any other place. Hospitality is the cornerstone of service. Amen? When people are inhospitable, <laughs> they will not draw other people into the kingdom. So our ability to serve is an expression of our love, and the Bible says that sometimes the very thing that becomes our strength will push us into weakness. Martha was in the kitchen. Now, I realize that this is foreign to some of you all, and you probably need a map to find, find your way up in there. But what I need you to understand is that this story, even though we say Mary and Martha, it doesn't have to be anything about women. The, listen, the principle translates to anyone. Okay. okay. Wow. Say something about the kitchen, y'all get excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> So the Bible says that uh, Martha was concerned that Mary was sitting there hearing from Jesus, and yet she really wanted to be where Mary was. You know how you be hearing bits and pieces of something. You don't get the whole story. But she wanted to hear more. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says she was distracted. The term distracted here, cumbered, means that you are pulled away or cast away. In other words, there's a burden of some kind that holds you captive to what you are doing so that you can't be free enough to hear what God is saying. Amen? 
This is why some of the biggest fights occur in church amongst saints trying to serve. Don't put that there. It ought to be over here. Well, that's too much. You can't give them that much. We will run out of food. I got a few other examples, but I'm not going there. I, I'm, what, I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you can be in the most solemn situation and still get in a big fight about serving. Are y'all still with me? That's because when the Bible said cumbered, it means that she was dragged away from the thing that she really wanted to do, which means that she had to put her devotion ahead of, uh, of duty, and that caused conflict. She was not in, in a position to make, quote, the choice to do what was most important. Now, we're not going to talk about the most important or the, the good part until next week, unfortunately, because I know I don't have enough time to get there. But let's just stick with, with, with Mary and Martha for the time being. So when you run into a situation like that, then uh, you have to figure out, okay, the practical thing to do, the practical thing to do is to serve. Now, why is it practical to serve? Well, let's just look at the thing at face value. Jesus was invited to come to Martha's house. Being the eldest, we'll call her Martha's house. Call it Martha's house. And she felt the responsibility to make sure that Jesus was properly cared for. So she was busy making sure that everything was in readiness. But the one thing that most people don't take into account is that when Jesus comes to your house, he always brings 12 guests with him. kind of changes your attitude about serving. You, you understand what I'm saying? So instead of having to kill one chicken, <laughs> you might have to do a whole flock. Now, it's not just the food. But if Jesus shows up to your house, there are certain things that you do as part of the hospitality. You wash his feet. Wash their feet. You make sure that everybody is comfortable. Amen. Yet, while all this is going on, Mary's sitting there just gleaning all of this information from Jesus. So Mary uh, uh, is enjoying herself, and Martha is getting madder by the minute. Amen. Now, I know that most of us think that you have to be either or, a worker or a worshiper. But the Bible teaches us that you can do both. Amen? So the Bible says that even though we are different people with different personalities, we can make the choice to do both. In other words, I can love God at the same time I serve God, and everybody 
gets what they need. Now we know right immediately uh, 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 that Mary had always, let's look at some scriptures. Mary had always done the same thing. If you look at Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 39, it says that uh, she sat at Jesus' feet. John chapter 11, verse 32 says this, uh, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. John chapter 12, verse 3 says, then Mary took a pound of costly oil, uh, oil and anointed his feet. So she was comfortable at that place of service, the place of discipleship. In other words, every time uh, Mary had an opportunity to hear the word of God from the mouth of God, she was there. Let me say that again. <laughs> every time she had an opportunity to hear the word of God from the mouth of God, she was always there there. That means she wasn't mad about having to go to church. Are y'all understanding this? So the Bible says that personalities and gifts are different. And that doesn't mean that a Christian is, uh, has to live an either or life. It's a matter of better and best, not right or wrong. Are y'all still with me? So Mary here then is preparing a large meal for Jesus and his disciples. Uh, Martha was, and Mary was sitting there at the feet. And the Bible teaches us that they were both serving him. Amen. But Martha thought that her style of serving was inferior. In other words, Martha says, now, I'm serving because I'm making a meal. You are serving because you're sitting and receiving. Uh, it seems to me that some of us has gotten the short end of the stick here. You understand this? So she was concerned that Mary's form of service was not the same as hers. Well, when you start to compare what you do with what somebody else does, you're going to have a problem every time. You, you know, you, 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 you have this issue and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the other you. Uh, uh, you have this issue where people are not doing the kind of work that you do. Yours is physical, and theirs, they're just sitting around. Amen. You know what's amazing to me, and I, I, I think about it every week. Some of y'all don't think about it, but I do. Uh, when I finish up here, and then uh, uh, we have to continue in service, I still stand, and I'm thinking, this is really kind of weird. I stand about two hours, they stand about an hour. That seemed to me, and then I think this, all they have to do is hear. And if one were, <laughs> If one were rating their service, you would say, hmm, that does not seem fair. Amen? But let's just look at it from a practical standpoint. If my function is to prepare the meal, 
maybe, now we don't know this, maybe Martha could cook. And Mary was a microwaver. I mean, we don't know. We, we don't know. But the point is that Martha was, listen now, because you got to get this, Martha was doing what she loved. Mary was doing what she loved. Both of them were serving the Lord. What could go wrong? <laughs> That's why in church, it doesn't matter what your job is. You're still fulfilling your function of serving the Lord, right? Amen. Clapping your hand. That, that, hey, hallelujah. You, you, you're serving. But one of them was happy. The other one was becoming hostile. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus was listening and watching, and I know he was thinking, we were getting ready to have a little problem here. All he was doing is thinking, you know, uh, you all need to be able to set some priorities. Amen? Service, listen to this, I want to read it this way so you can hear. Service to Christ can degenerate into mere busy work that is totally devoid or lacking of devotion to God. You can get so busy with your serving that you serve the love right out of it. Well, you can tell, I see here, I, better not, I can't think about who I can talk about. I talked about some of but you can tell about midway through service when the ushers had enough. Huh? I told you now, you were sitting there. They've had enough. Now. Let me see if I can put this in some terms we can use. Jesus wants us to understand that the way to him is the straight and narrow, right? That, that's what he wants. He wants us to zero in and, and to serve and to love the fact that we're serving. Amen? The problem is, is that the devil wants you to have detours and he wants you to have illusions. He wants you to see something that's not there. In other words, uh, if, if, if you had a straight path that was only this wide, you could see everything. But when you widen it out, you see a whole lot of stuff. The stuff that you see beyond the straight and narrow becomes a distraction or a cumbrance. Are y'all still with me? The thing that come and uh, becomes a, a, a distraction to you, then becomes something that pulls you away from uh, the straight and narrow. So 
what we do as saints is that we think that activity is the key. So we believe that if I serve by doing, then that pleases God. And the problem with that, of course, is that what we're doing is that when we, we use our service or our acti activism as a method of serving God, that's what we call pay-as-you-go Christianity. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, they need me today, so I'm going to do this. Y'all... But you're thinking all the time, if they don't ask me, I ain't doing it. Hmm? And if I do it, when I finish, I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Wrong crowd, right? I, I, I thought this was, you know, church folk. Apparently, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the key is not your activism. It's always your worship. Worship is at the heart of all that we are and all that we do as Christians. So it's important that we be ambassadors for Christ. That means taking the message of the gospel uh, to the lost soul. But it's also necessary that we become merciful Samaritans. You know, the one thing about the, the Samaritan in that story is the Bible uses this one phrase uh, uh, that he had compassion. He had compassion. Can, can I tell you this? You can't be compassionate by yourself, just you. Do you understand that if you, if, if you believe that you're having compassion on you, you're selfish? Amen. I'm just saying. So before we can represent Christ or even imitate him, the Bible teaches us that we must spend time with him and learn from him. And see, the problem we have is that once we decide what it is that we're supposed to do, we believe that we're called to do this particular thing, then we put all of our time and energy in developing this one thing that we do. And the Bible says when we become one-dimensional, then it's hard for us to be able to get along with anybody other than ourselves. Are y'all still with me? The Bible says that uh, uh, it takes time to be holy. It takes time to be holy. Come on. I hate to keep quote, I quote these old songs and y'all go off on me. It takes time to know him. Not an overnight thing. Amen. Takes a little while. Are y'all understanding this? So Martha, Martha then, uh, along with welcoming Jesus into her home, uh, was preparing for him. She knew he came along with a bunch of folk. So she knew she had a lot of work to do. But the Bible says that the impression here is that Martha was overdoing it. What'd you say? Martha was overdoing it. She was doing something extra special because she believed that Jesus was worthy of that. Amen? So she, she said that, you know what? I, instead of just killing a chicken, I'm going to kill a cow. 
That's a little more work. But because the master was coming to her house. Now, where I come from, you know what they call that? Putting on airs. I don't know what that means. Don't ask me. <laughs> I think in, in, in your negative world, they're showing off, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, when you're showing off or putting on airs, that's when you get in trouble because the focus is no longer on your guests, but the focus is on you. You understand this? Amen. Jesus is coming to your house, so you need to clean it up. You should have cleaned it up last week. Jesus wants to get in your car. You got to push all your, you know, the, the McDonald's wrappers out. You should have. I'm just saying. You understand what I'm saying to you? So what Martha did is she was overdoing it, and that's why she was upset. So on the real side, she wasn't upset with Mary. She was upset with herself because she couldn't do all that she wanted to do. Now, when somebody is doing something that you don't think is the right thing and you're busy, they're not, you get mad. Now, Mary obviously is a type A personality. Can I talk about type A's for just a minute? Now, you know there's really no definition for a type A. <laughs> so I'm going to read this. To, matter of fact, I'll tell you what. If they still got it up there, I'm going to put it on the screen and let you look at it. Uh, now, generally, it says if you have a type A personality, you may have a tendency to multitask. That, that would, okay? You become competitive. You have a lot of ambition. You're very organized. You know that? I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, you dislike wasting time. You feel impatient or irritated when delayed. Spend much of your time focused on work. Highly focused on your goals. You uh, be more likely to experience stress when faced with delays or the challenges that affect success. Amen. Now it goes on to say having a type A personality often means that you find time very valuable. People might describe you as motivated, impatient, or both. Now, <laughs> the next sentence says this. A sense of urgency around your work may lead you to try tackling multiple things at once, often without a break. That sounds like that's a Martha. A B-type. A little different. B-type people uh, tend to be more laid back. Others may describe them with uh, this, with, with their personality as being relaxed or easygoing. If you have a B-type personality, you may spend a lot of time on creative pursuits 
or philosophical thought. You know, most deep thinkers won't do no work. <laughs> they feel <laughs> less rush when <laughs> completing assignments or tasks for work or school. You know the one that do the assignment the night before? You've had it for the last six months. Okay. Does not feel stress when you can't get everything on your to-do list. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's why the church is incomplete because we have people who are incomplete. <laughs> Having a B personality doesn't mean you never feel stress, but you may experience less stress when you don't meet your goals in comparison to people with A-type personalities. You may find it easier to manage stress. All right, I only tell you that because Mary was the B-type, Martha, huh? Martha was an A-type, and she knew she was. She was verbal. She was blunt. People always knew where she stood. Huh? Now, you know, listen, there's absolutely, see, because most of us, have put people in camps, and we decide who folks are. Because a person is focused, they are busy, they're diligent about what they do. They're short with you sometimes when they're working. That's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. What you do is you step back and let them work. They tell you exactly what they think all the time. They don't sugarcoat stuff. Amen. Amen's are getting shorter. <laughs> now, I used to say, back in the day, I used to say, I used to say, <laughs> y'all mean. That's what I used to say. But I've come to find out that you're not mean at all. Amen. You're just loving A-types. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help me. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to need all my security today to get out of here. Mm. Now, let me show you this. Now, I'm going to bring it to a close because I, I know I can't finish it like I told you before. Martha exhibited this a, type A behavior because here's what she did now. Let's look at scripture for just a moment. Uh, verse 40. The Bible says Martha was distracted with much serving. In other words, she was dragged away from her original purpose. That was to be a blessing to Jesus, right? And she approached him. Who did she approach? Jesus. Now, that's the first, listen, that's the first sign that, as folks say, you might have a problem. Because she went to Jesus. To complain. Now wait. 
Stay with me, because this is good. She went to Jesus to complain about her sister and Jesus. Okay, can I read it to you? <laughs> Here's what she said. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Did you get it? Jesus, if you wasn't keeping her out in the kitchen, I could get my stuff done. What I mean, that's bold, ain't it? No, y'all. She was scolding Mary and Jesus. You tell her. Okay, look at y'all. They're so cute when they're doing this. It's like little baby sleeping, right? Oh, I would never do that. Oh, no, mm -mm, no, uh-uh. I would never tell the pastor that he needs to tell somebody to do something. No, I, I would never do that. Mm -mm, no, I would never go to one of the ministers and say, you need to tell so-and-so to get their stuff together. No, no, I would never, mm -mm, no, I would be scared to do that. Where y'all at? Hey. Some of my members have said to me, you need to get your wife straight. And really, what I really wanted to say was, uh, if I could do that. <laughs> when, listen, when you can't do what you're supposed to do, you always blame somebody else even if it's the Lord. Most of the times what you are mad about is something that God has done and you don't like it. You can't tell him he's wrong, but you know you slip around and say stuff like, tell her, tell him. Now just so we know we're all on the same page, Nobody I know can make somebody do something. Because hmm? I feel like, you know, like I used to tell those folk that came to me with that. You bad, you go straight now. Let's see how that works. So y'all have to understand something. I'm her backup. Do you understand that? I'm going to send you to her. If you get feisty, I'm going to be right there to straighten you out. I ain't straightening her out. Are you crazy? What's wrong with y'all? Two trips there, right? 
After you get out of the hospital, then you got to go to divorce court. <laughs> don't nobody, don't nobody need to go through. <laughs> Did she laugh? So let's go. Let me finish this. I got to finish this. I got a few minutes to finish it. So the word cumbered here means then, uh, it means to be dragged around, to be twisted, to be drawn here and there, or to be distracted. The idea is that Martha was drawn around and twisted with anxiety and worry. She was, con uh, she was concerned about being able to complete the task that she started that was really unnecessary. You all understand that, right? She had received Jesus into her home, and then after she received him, she neglected him with all her servants. Did you all hear what I just said? She neglected him. So instead of, of, of sitting down and, and, and having a meal with him, uh, she was busy doing stuff. You know, she could have put on a pot of hot dogs and, huh? Went to the store and got a loaf of bread. And everybody could have had a hot dog while they sat around and, huh? <laughs> You know, I keep talking to y'all about simplifying, simplifying, simplifying. And, and uh, I've noticed that most people, especially when it comes to serving and food, they don't know how to simplify. You know, I, I, I was mentioning to somebody the other day, I went to uh, one of the fast food stores to get me a burger, right? I don't do that often, but every now and then I want a burger. And uh, when I got to the window, you know, I ordered my little burger and all that, and the woman told me how much it was. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, 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 seriously. Uh, and I can't call the name of the store because I don't want to get in no trouble. Uh, but that store has what's called a pretzel burger. <laughs> and if you get the combo, $11 and some change. Do you know what I'm saying? For a burger, fries, and a drink. Do you know what you can do with $11? Oh my God, a pack of bologna and some light bread? Look. And have a little change left over, you can get some mustard, ketchup, and some onions. <laughs> you understand the principle here. You can wear yourself out doing stuff because you think it's what you need to do. <laughs> Amen? So the Bible teaches us, and I'm closing this thing out. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. He said this, he said, it's never an either or thing. It's a matter of balance. It's a matter of balance. 
It's, 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 it's knowing what works and what makes you comfortable so that at the end of the day, you have worship and you're not weary. See, because one of the biggest problems we have in church is people being weary and well-doing. Amen? So Mary had done her share of the work already. This is what I mentioned to you earlier. Uh, uh, she had already prepared her part. And I'm sure that, that, that knowing, knowing the situation, just from what it reads, uh, Mary wasn't a cook, so she had already set the table and, you know, got everything ready. She was just waiting for the food to be delivered. Now, I got to tell you something. Now, one more, just one more way, round the way thing. <laughs> if, you, if you got folk in your family that don't know how to cook, don't let them help you. Don't let them, I saw that. Don't, don't, don't let them help you. Because you're, you're going to have a mess. Amen. And by the time it's over, you ain't going to be speaking and ain't going to be eating either. So, mm-mm. No. No, 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 no. So, 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 come on, come on, yeah. <laughs> so Martha also wanted to hear Jesus, but this oppression had her in bondage. She was, listen, the, the mere fact that she was over-serving put her in bondage. She couldn't do what was required of her worshipfully because her serving had put her in bondage. Are y'all understanding this? Uh, Matthew chapter 13, real quick. Verse 22 the Bible says this, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, uh, who indeed bears fruit and produces. No, I'm sorry. That's verse 23. 22 says now when uh, he who received among thorns, that's what I was looking for, is he who hears the word, then the cares of this world, the cares of this world, that's what Martha was dealing with, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now you can go from, listen, you can go and, and, and trust me, if you all are honest, you know that I'm telling you the truth. You've seen it before. You can be in church and go from worship to fighting before church is over. Amen. And the reason for that, of course, is that this, 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 this service had choked the, 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 the seed out of her and the urgent thing became the natural thing rather than the spiritual thing. And see, sometimes the natural thing becomes more urgent to us because we feel like that's what people are going to see. Amen. They're not going to see your spiritual works. They're not going to see what you're doing on the inside. They're going to see what's being revealed on the outside. Amen. So Martha felt neglected, and, 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 and after Mary left the kitchen, she began to complain and to suggest that neither the Lord or Mary really cared. Right? I mean, that's what she said. So she was mad. Her perspective was wrong. It, look, th this happens to a lot of us. We get off. And the Bible says this, it says that uh, 
she went to Jesus, and Jesus then, knowing that, now you got to remember all of the scripture dealing with, with Mary and Martha. Remember in, Je, in uh, John, when he went to their house, it says that, that he loved them. Remember Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? So he loved them. I mean, these were, these were his people, right? So when she said, you messing up, she messing up, both of y'all creating problems for me. I mean, that, that's the gist of what she was saying. I'm trying to get a meal on the table. Y'all sitting over there trying to have church. So Jesus says, notice it, Jesus was, was very cool with his rebuke. Here's what he said. Can I paraphrase it for you? It's just a casserole, not a smorgasbord. <laughs> Come on, Martha. He said, love for God is expressed best in listening and responding to Jesus. Huh? Not in busily doing for him. Blessed are the balanced. Hmm? So, three things I want to leave you with. Three things that he, he said were going to be a problem for us. Us, not just for Martha and Mary, but for us. When you ask for help, don't point to your own accomplishments. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to do all this stuff, and, and, and you won't help me. And again, sometimes you don't want their help. Okay, number two, while calling Jesus Lord, she questioned his judgment and implied, uh, with implied criticism, that he was not directing his team effectively. Jesus, you know what I'm going through? Oh, come on. Now, you see, y'all look at me. For, that's how you pray. Lord, you know what I'm going through. You know what I'm dealing with. You make, st make head stop. Dealing with me like that. Huh? You going to tell me that you never prayed that prayer, that it was somebody who was your nemesis that was getting on your last nerve, and you asked God to do something about them when you could have asked him to fix your last nerve? Huh? As the old preacher said, am I right about it? Number three, number three, number three, while acknowledging your relationship to another person, Martha, you criticize that person for fail, failing to follow your lead. Oh, see, now this is, <laughs> you right. I mean, I'm right, you wrong. You need to do what I say. I'm right, you wrong, and you have to do what I say. It says you're imposing your will as right and, and just, just because it's productive. 
Now, just because something works doesn't mean it's right. Do you understand this? And sometimes what we do is when we're trying to get somebody to help us, we start imposing our will on them. Now, here are three things that, that counteract those. And then I'll finish it next week. Never assume your own greatness. Stop talking about, you know, what you did. If you want me to help, don't tell me how smart you are and how dumb I am. Hmm? Because I'm going to quit. Oh, you so smart? Do what you say. Oh, y'all don't do that. Okay. Number two, support others in their special roles. You know, if, 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 if Mary was gleaning all of this information from Jesus and you felt so strongly about making the meal, then when it was all said and done, Mary, how about sharing your notes with me? Hmm? They're sisters living in the same house. What did Jesus say? Number three, first, ask Jesus. I don't even have to finish that. First, ask Jesus what he wants. Stop doing stuff that he didn't ask you to do. Huh? Isn't that true in church? Well, Pastor, I, I, I saw this, this bottle. It looked like it was a good water bottle, so I thought I'd buy, buy you one because uh, I noticed you didn't have one. There's a reason I don't have one. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't go any further, but I'm going to finish this next week or the week after. It depends on it's fifth Sunday, so I don't know whether folk got anything for fifth Sunday or not, but we'll see. If not, then I'll finish this next week. If not, I'll finish it on the first Sunday. Ain't no big deal because I'm ready. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, 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 so what are we saying? Let me, let me summarize it for you. Jesus was coming to their home. Hospitality was at play. Mary, Martha were preparing for their guests. Jesus brought a group. I don't know, we say 12, but we don't know how many people there were with him because he always traveled with an entourage. So when he got there, uh, after everybody got comfortable, uh, he started to teach, which is what he does naturally. Mary was bothered by the, by the fact, I mean, Martha was bothered by the fact that Mary was sitting down. It didn't say that she had anything to do. Mary, uh, Martha never said specifically what the help was that she wanted. What she was saying was, she's sitting and I'm working. That's a problem. Uh, Mary was very vocal. We saw that. Uh, we said that this is probably, probably a type A person. 
and, 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 and that she was concerned about uh, what was going on. So uh, she went to Jesus and, and, and made her appeal. And when she did, Jesus responded. But he did it very lovingly and kindly. And he said, listen, you're, you're bothered by a whole lot of stuff. In other words, he said, you are, are, are careful, which is you're worrying about a lot of stuff. And he said, you don't need to do that. And then he told her, what I'm going to tell you next week, that she's chosen the best part. Amen. So as you stand on your feet, come on, stand up on your feet. I'm, I'm through. I really am through. Jesus finally summarized by telling us that, that uh, it was necessary for uh, uh, Martha to be able to do more than one thing at a time, and that is to be able, if the, if the, the, the food preparation was her reasonable service, then she should be grateful that she was given the opportunity to do that. Amen? So it's possible to do both things. So let me pray for you uh, as, as, as we close this out. Here's bow. Eyes closed. Lord God, open our hearts today to receive our role in serving you. Father, where we have missed you, where we have failed in your assignment, we ask that you would give us understanding of what it is that you desire from us. Help us, Father, to serve with the right attitude. Help us to prioritize so that our service will always be based on our love for Christ. Empower us to hear so that we can do what we've heard. Teach us simple obedience. And as I submit, I believe that when your will is being done in me, your kingdom will come in me. And God, I thank you for these and all things in Jesus' name.